We would like to say a special thank you to the women of First Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls for sponsoring this week's episode. If you do it right, you will succeed, essentially. So if you do it right with Christ, you will succeed. And that's where it gets hard for, I think, us today. That's where it gets hard to me, you know, because it says God loves all his children. But then it also says he will open and say, I do not know you. So it's like, how can those be two sides of the same coin? What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Jesus calls the Pharisees foxes. God is compared to a hen gathering its chicks under its wings. And your election. Right before this week's lectionary text, Jesus tells the Pharisees, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. In our conversation with Sarah Stenson, we break down Jesus' response to this election text. We ask her, what is election? How does God elect people? And what, if any, role do we play in our election? Sarah breaks down some big topics in this week's conversation. But first... Here's Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. This week, we have Sarah Stenson with us. Thanks for being here, Sarah. Thank you. We find ourselves in uh, the middle of Luke, Luke 13, uh, with this short little pericope. And it's short and it's uh, strange. We, we were kind of commenting, yes. it's just a strange <laughs> story. So maybe we get some context to sure. start us off. Yeah, we'll see what we can do to help people uh, get a little deeper hook into this Five verses in uh, Luke 13. So first, this uh, text, these five verses, are basically right in the middle of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, which begins in Luke 9, 51, and it ends at Luke 19, verses 28 to 44, just as he's entering the temple in Jerusalem. So in, at this point, Jesus is basically um, in the middle of going to Jerusalem in his ministry. 
But what happens right before? <laughs> I thought she was going to continue to this. This oh, I left you hanging. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why you were staring the, at me. Like what? What's Come the, on, Sarah. The, the more Give specific, us the cliffhanger. The specific context. <laughs> Seriously, you're all like, um. So we first, know what you're supposed to say. Exactly. So the context for this. Uh, this specific passage. So what basically what's happening right before verse 31 is I think going to be really, really helpful to understand what's happening in this text. Now I see heads nodding like, yes, do tell. And also how to preach this text. Do you want me to tee it up? No, no, I'll just keep babbling. (laughs) So, so Jesus, just before verse 31 here, Jesus had just said that many will seek to enter and will not be able when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. So it is in that same hour or at that very hour, as this translation has it, that some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, go away, Herod wants to kill you. So what Jesus was literally just saying in that same hour, at that very hour, is what we call in theological terms election, that this is not universal salvation, that there will be um, some who, once the master of the house shuts the door, people will stand outside that door and say, Lord, open to us, and the Lord will open the door and say, I do not know you. I do not know where you come from. So this is election. In other words, there are some people who will be invited in and come in to that, come in through that door. But then when the door is closed, it's closed. Much like the, the chasm tax, remember with the rich man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lazarus. That th- there's a chasm that cannot be overcome. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Jesus had just finished saying. And at that very hour, we get this, some Pharisees came and say, get away, Herod wants to kill you. I mean, I get why Herod wants to kill him because, I mean, (laughs) Jesus, I love you. Um, But, like, I I get it because this is the first time anyone is – I mean, this is the first time anyone's not living in the law, and the law is saying if you do it right, you will succeed, essentially. So if you do it right with Christ, you will succeed. And that's where it gets hard for, I think, us today. That's where it gets hard to me, you know, because it says God loves all his children – but then it also says he will open and say, I do not know you. So it's like, how can those be two sides of the same coin? How can, you mean, how can Jesus be loving? Yes. And also and not also, say, I do not know you. Exactly. Also yeah. say things like, um, no one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. Things like that. That's the wind blows where it will, as he said to Nicodemus. It is hard for people to swallow because what Jesus is saying is our salvation is entirely up to him, not at all up to us. And when he says things like the wind blows where it will, and even this door, some of you are going to knock, the door will be closed. It's too late. Well, if you hear that and are afraid or worried, or about threatened. or threatened exactly mm-hmm. here it is a threat mm-hmm. that is actually the preaching moment 
because that is where our congregations and where we are going to be as individual Christians listening to this and non-Christians. And so when you run into someone who is threatened or afraid when they hear texts like that, then what do we do? We actually baptize them. This is what Jesus commanded us to do, commands us to do. We preach to them and say, yeah, you are a sinner. Let me tell you about Jesus who Mm -hmm. forgives your sin. So you actually put the word of promise into their ear. You baptize if they're not baptized. Deliver the promise in the concrete moment if they're not already baptized. So, but you're exactly right, Kiri. This is why everywhere Jesus went, people wanted to kill him. And it's the people who thought they were good at the law and who thought they had a role to play in their salvation. And as you've said in previous, many, many previous podcasts, the election is so offensive. Oh, yeah. Because if you turn around and say, well, I'm not worried because I know I'm elected, which is true, but to the person that that hasn't landed in their ear yet, that is, they're like, how the heck do you know that? That's really bold of you to say. That's right. Arrogant. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of hearing it and actually framing it yourself as a confession of faith and actually preaching that promise instead of bludgeoning someone over the head with it, like, I'm in, you're not, ha, ha, ha. This is actually sin Right. to do that. I think one of the interesting questions here, though, um, is this, some Pharisees came and said to him, get away. There's, there's lots of conversation uh, out there among theologians and and others arguing about were they well-intentioned or not? Were they actually trying to protect him or, you know, save him and help him? Yeah. Yeah. Or were they not? Were they just trying to get rid of him and send him off to a different region where he'd probably get killed? (laughs) So (laughs) I know it, the text does not, doesn't say, but we certainly know Jesus response, whatever their motivation may or may not have been, Jesus says in verse 32, go and tell that fox for me. And then we get the what he says, which I love. Um, first, though, I want to hit the fox thing. Because why are you laughing? Because <laughs> he said fox. That's what I thought, like, Carrie. I knew you would pick up on fox. <laughs> I know. This is like so stupid of me. But in my mind, I'm like, did they even have foxes in that day, in that area? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Apparently they did. Dumb as a fox. You've heard that saying, right? Dumb. Exactly. Exactly. They're sly. (laughs) So there's the saying, dumb as a fox. I have not. Are you from Minnesota? Like you're deceivingly like sly. (laughs) Oh, this is funny. I compare myself to a fox. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. You at the time, (laughs) fox was an insult for the Jews, and it actually had a double meaning of sneaky, which is kind of what you're getting at, Mm -hmm. Kiri, as opposed to being straightforward, and it also meant insignificant, third-rate. Person. Oh my goodness. So it was like a double slam. Exactly. And Jesus, we know, did not leave. Um, he did evade or avoid Herod for that moment. When he did finally come face to face with Herod, it was at that trial before Herod, in which Jesus would not respond to Herod's questions except to say, So you say, mm-hmm. when he was getting the accusations from Herod. So um, we can speculate a lot about what those Pharisees were really thinking. But so we know whether Jesus they were well intentioned to try to save Jesus or not, Jesus Correct. is like, well, 
no thanks, your recommendation, I'm not taking it. Right. And specifically, and I think this is, it hits me as kind of funny every time I read it, but go and tell that fox for me, listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. So, you know, busy, busy. And on the third day, I finish my work. So he, he basically is telling them, I am here for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And when I finish my work, which we're going to pick up on, that is not exactly what that, the way we hear it isn't exactly uh, how it's written in the Greek. But when basically what he's saying is, I am in control of this mission and ministry, not you and not Herod, which mm -hmm. is, of course, very capital T true. He was. I was really wondering that actually about the writing because it seems very like laissez-faire here. Like it just seems like, kind of weird. I don't know. The, the way Jesus is saying it just doesn't sound like the rest of the things that he normally says. I, I think I see what, what you're saying, Carrie, which is why um, I think this text can be a little difficult to preach on, um, especially because we have some odd expressions coming up and what exactly was going on before this. It doesn't read like you know, the dramatic story of, for example, I'll make you fishers of men, where you can visualize the nets full of fish and the nets mm -hmm. breaking and mm -hmm. all those things. This does not have the, um, or the transfiguration text where you can visualize it. This is very different than those texts. Um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> he, he continues on, yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way. Because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem, 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 the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. Um, <laughs> Can I just stop you right there, Adam? Because I wanted to get up to that. Okay. I finished my work. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. And on the third day, I finished my work. So th this is where I had mentioned briefly, the Greek is really key here because the Greek word there is teleo, which means to complete, accomplish, perfected. And this is the key. It is actually in the passive form it doesn't read that way in the English, but it's in the passive form. So it, literally it would read, I am perfected. I am accomplished. I am completed. I am perfected. So this was in another text recently too. What, we the, had, uh, this, the same verb. I remember yep. I was talking about it. I forget the text a couple yep. weeks ago. Well, and actually um, you see it in the crucifixion yeah. in John 19, 30, when Jesus says, you know, it is, it is finished is how we hear it. In the Greek, it actually, is, it has been finished. And it's it's the similar, it has the same root there um, in the Greek, it, but it's the passive form. So it's the teleo is that same Greek root on in Jesus' words, and it's in the passive. So he's saying a lot more here than that my work here is done, That which is kind of how it reads, I think, in the English. What he's actually saying is that what he was sent to do by God the Father is being done to him passively. It is the will of God the Father at work in and through Jesus. So that passive form, um, I think, is really critical, as is the echo to what Jesus says uh, in that final moment of the crucifixion. Before we move on, can you read it one more time as it should have been? Um, and on the third day. Yeah, if you were to read it literally, it would be, I am perfected. Or, okay. but it's passively. In other words, it means accomplished, accomplished, completed, perfected. 
Okay. Uh, King James says, and, and the third day I shall be perfected. Yep. Yep. But it's passive. Yeah. I exactly. shall, I shall be. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm teaching my daughter the King James version. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, most of these things are right. Oh, yay. <laughs> Anna's going to be the most well-educated little girl. <laughs> Okay, so now on to Adam's question. <laughs> yes, now Adam, let's well, go yeah, to I mean, the Jerusalem. It continues on, yet today and tomorrow and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to it. Hmm. Uh, Inviting. I, I mean, <laughs> what, what, what's he saying here? I mean, it's. I, I think I'm with Kiri that it... He's talking in a strange way, or it, yeah. it seems uh, he goes oblique. from finishing his work to now just talking about Jerusalem, and then there's this sort of Jerusalem, Jerusalem. It's possible to, for prophet to be killed outside. It's like tossing so poetry. He's, in the yeah, he's yeah. still responding to those Pharisees who are encouraging him to leave, and so this is still in that line of look, I'm, I'm doing, I'm casting out demons, performing cures today and tomorrow, and then he says. Yet today and tomorrow and the next day, I must I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. So what he's saying is he cannot be killed outside of Jerusalem, that that is where he will be killed. So he's including himself mm-hmm. as he's responding, oh. right, as he's responding to the people saying, go away, protect your life, Um so he's, he's talking res- about himself. Yeah. He's not talking yes. about it. I thought he was saying, like, as a rule, it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. And I was like, I don't know that that's true. Well, it, it, is it? I mean, it kind of, what he's saying, though, as he's talking about himself is, again, this goes back to the will of God, that this is how it's going to happen is really what he's saying. Again, kind of obliquely here, but okay. this is how it has to happen. I have to do all these things, and then on the third day, um, he'll he'll go to Jerusalem, which he does, of course, and then he will be killed. Why does he use it? In th- and sorry, if we should be continuing on, but real quick, why does he use it as a third person then? If he's talking about himself, I think in this case, in verse thirty-three, I must be on my way because it is impo- it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. I think he's just in that statement making it clear he is a prophet. He is mm-hmm. one of the prophets who will be killed. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I read that curie. So he is referring to himself. He's just not overtly saying because I am a prophet and I too have to be because killed. I will not be killed outside of Jerusalem. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then he continues saying Jerusalem two more times. Right. The city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, which again is a continuation of he is one of the prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a continuation that he's sent to it. it right. Like it's, he's being directed by... The passive again. Yeah. Exactly. The, it is the will of God the Father that he is now mm-hmm. accomplishing and being accomplished in him and through him. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, he continues on. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her her brood under her wings and you were not willing. I know I've read uh, uh, a lot of different things regarding especially this text and people will point towards this little phrase uh, in order to uh, uh, fight for a supposed free will or 
uh, to fight for. Uh, they'll yeah. use what is a, a, an election text and actually fight against the election. Or right. We, and claim they have a free will yeah, from that yeah. you were not willing. Is that what you're saying, yeah, Adam? Yeah, they'll exactly. pick up on those yeah. four words. Yeah. You were not willing. Yeah. To try to say, see, free will. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. I desired to gather your children, yeah. but you yeah, weren't I willing. want to be under those wings. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Out of my way. <laughs> Fluffy wing. Okay. So, again, it's helpful, A, not to proof text. Yeah. Uh, B, what Jesus is saying there is actually a depiction. Mm-hmm. He's, he's stating, he's calling a thing what it is. Yeah. That I desired to gather you, you were not willing. Now, the question is, why were they not willing? Mm-hmm. We actually get that in verse 35. And again, you're right to remember, this is an election text. That's what happened immediately before. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to hear echoing again in verse 35, actually start to finish in verse 35. So specifically on verse 35, so he says, and you were not willing, see your house is left to you. Now that is an easy thing for us to kind of jump over and disconnect from, I desire to gather you like a hen with the chickens under the, the baby chickens under the wings. You were not willing. It's easy to disconnect that from, see your house is left to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a continuation of, you were not willing. And remember, we do have bound wills. We don't have free wills. And what Jesus is saying there in verse 35, as innocuous as it seems, see your house is left to you. The Greek word there is afiemi, which means let go or released. That's what the your house is left to you. So your house is let go. Your house is released to you. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus is saying is that the house of Israel is now going to be let go or released from the protection of God. Mm-hmm as in the protection of a mother hen under the wings. So that's why we don't want to disconnect 34 and 35 versus 34 and 35. So generally people understand that when when we hear your house or the house of Israel, this is the temple, like the temple as the house of Israel. And so Jesus is saying that will no longer be protected by God because of the rejection of Christ. And we do know, of course, the temple was destroyed. God did not protect or shelter it. Mm -hmm. But the thing we have to remember is this is all in the context of election, and we are not in control of our election. We are not in control of where the wind blows. Um, Over and over, Jesus makes it clear. He's the one who is in control of our salvation. I choose you. You did not choose me. (laughs) Exactly. Over and over and over. Um, So these are all the you are not willing. This is a depiction. Mm -hmm. You were not elected. Mm-hmm. You were not elected, and then see your house is left to you mm-hmm. because God did not choose to protect the house of Israel under the like the wing of the hen anymore. Yeah, and he, I mean, he ends uh, looking forward. I mean, it's not depicting, but just looking forward. Yeah. Uh, and you will not see me until the time comes when you say, "Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord." Yeah, yeah, and this ties into the election. Now, certainly, certainly, there's the element of what we now call Palm Sunday with his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But on the heels of the house being released from God's protection and the the verses just in front of this text, that those election verses with that narrow door, 
And the reality, some people will not be elected for salvation. Narrow door through which to go to be elected. That narrow door we know is only Jesus Christ. That's it. So when you understand that is what Jesus is saying, referring to that narrow door and that it will be too late for those who have not been chosen for election, just as in the narrow door text, then this text can actually get really dark mm-hmm. and really scary and really threatening. Um, and of course, that is exactly how it's heard if you hear this as pure potential. Like it's up to you to do better, up to you to be better, up to you to believe in Jesus, not to be one of those who rejects Christ, whatever, however it is you frame that in your head. Pure threat mm-hmm. and horrible, horrible text. But that is actually the preaching moment in the text. As we mentioned in the on the front in the beginning of the podcast, this is the preaching moment to actually sail right into that fear and anxiety and the threat and people who hear election as a bad thing instead of this is actually the moment you elect people mm-hmm. in the moment, in the hearing of the promise, and you elect people in baptism and in the Lord's Supper. So you don't leave people speculating about am I which side of that door am I on? Am I under the wing of the hen or am I one of those who's scurrying around not under the protection of God, released from the protection of God? You are not released from the protection of God. You will not be released from the protection of God when you have his promise. Specifically in baptism, he will never let you go. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. As you heard Sarah's finish with, the reality is that some people won't be elected through the narrow door. That narrow door is only Jesus. This is heard as threat. If you think it's up to you to be better, to do better, or to believe in Jesus yourself, that moment of threat is the preaching moment. Instead of hearing the threat of a looming election, you elect people through the promise given in baptism and the Lord's Supper. Don't leave people speculating where they are. You're under God's wing. You are protected by Him. If you've ever found yourself wondering about a certain term or concept we discussed on Scripture First, we have dozens and dozens of free resources on our website to help you learn about Lutheranism and the freeing gospel of Jesus Christ saving us from our sins. We have videos and study guides for everything from the distinction between the law and the gospel to the meaning of baptism to breaking down Luther's key teachings, such as the bound will and the freedom of a Christian. Go to lutherhouseofstudy.org to learn more. Luther House of Study's mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals as well as members of the church without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sstenson at augie.edu. That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. 
You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, you are under God's wing. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.